well, every once in a while I, I uh, will preach a homily, and it's generally applicable to everybody, but sometimes I'll focus a little bit on, on priests and um, church leaders. Today we celebrate the feast of uh, St. Peter Damien, who uh, is, a, is a very, very great saint. He came at an interesting time in the history of the church because it was really just before um, these very, very big and extensive reforms put into effect by Pope St. Gregory VII. He's an incredibly important saint, very, very important pope. Uh, in the first century of the church's history, there were uh, dozens upon dozens upon dozens. I mean, it could be maybe a hundred um, popes who were saints. In the second half of the church, you can take the number of popes who are saints, probably count them on one hand. <laughs> okay, so we've been lucky actually recently to have had a stream of very uh, remarkable popes uh, in recent times, in the late 19th century, 20th century, um, and here we have uh, Pope Francis. Uh, so, but it's not we got we can't take that for granted though, because uh, there has been times in the history of the Church where the the uh, even the papacy has been very very corrupt. Uh, and um, Pope Gregory VII really turned things about in, the, in a really positive direction. And he did it at the, really at the cost of his life. Um, and, um, but just before him, he had a friend, a personal fr- friend of his was St. Peter Damien. And St. Peter Damien uh, was a very important church reformer. Uh, he was born in the year 10, uh, 1007. So this is a really, it's an interesting time. This is before all the mendicant orders, before the Franciscans and the Dominicans. And it's at a time when the church was really kind of at its, at its lowest ebb in many ways. It was at its lowest ebb. And um, he, was, he, he was born into a family um, with, a, he had a few brothers, and his parents died when he was early, uh, when he was uh, young, and so he was kind of an orphan. He was raised by one brother who kind of treated him pretty bad, kind of almost treated him like a servant and just sent him out in the fields to be a shepherd and really just sort of neglected him. His other brother, who was a priest and was in a position to kind of do, do well for his little brother, got him, uh, kind of pulled him out of the household of the other brother and put him into school and got him a good education. And he advanced very well, became a very learned man, but was interested in, in entering the religious life. He wanted to become a monk, a Benedictine monk. And really at that time, religious life consisted of the Benedictines. That was pretty much it. It wasn't like there's was all these different religious orders. It was This was well before the time of like a multiplication of religious orders. If you wanted to enter religious life, it was you became a Benedictine monk, basically. So uh, he did that. He um, entered into the, uh, the Abbey of Fonte Avellana in Italy and... Um, this was one of the few uh, abbeys that was pure. All the other ones were corrupted. Uh, in France, in, in Italy, the secular clergy uh, were extremely corrupt, and the secular princes, the authorities, the kings and the princes and the governors, were basically running the church. And um, they would just appoint whatever bishop they wanted, and the ecclesiastical discipline was at its lowest ebb, so it was really, really common for priests to have concubines, uh, and the, they'd live in the concubines and pretty much openly, and the people didn't care. No one said anything. I mean, this was like a, it's almost like an um, unspoken kind of tradition. This was going on for hundreds of years. No one really cared about it. So it, it was just a really, it was a bad time. And, uh, 
so St. Peter Damien uh, and, and uh, in his abbey here, he, he advanced very well in virtue and in, in, in knowledge. Um, his people wanted him to become the successor of their abbot. They wanted him to be the abbot. He refused. You know, this is what we see in today's gospel. Christ is talking about if you want to be first, you want to, you're going to be last. Okay, you should be last. And we see that constantly throughout the life of St. Peter Damien that he was called by God to take a position of authority and leadership to change things for the better in the church, but he was always at the point where he didn't want to do it and he would rather have remained at the lowest um, step of the ladder, so to speak. Uh, but he kept getting you know, pushed into positions of responsibility by uh, people who were in the hierarchy who knew that this was the, guy, the right guy for the job. So his abbot, before the former abbot died, the abbot commanded him under the obedient, holy obedience, what he had sworn to, you know, his vow of obedience, I command you that you are going to be the next abbot <laughs> when I die. So he dies. He becomes the next abbot. He's a good abbot. He sets up a number, uh, a number of other houses. I think he set up five more houses. They were all very pure, very strict in their discipline. These guys were very, very austere. Um, wore hair shirts, fasted, slept on the ground. They used the discipline, meaning they actually whipped themselves, self-flagellation. Um, but yet at the same time, it wasn't a, you know, kind of a prideful austerity. They were very much dedicated to uh, serving the poor and works of charity. Um, and um, it's just a very, very holy group of Benedictine monks. So the, the Pope at that time says, okay, well, I need the help of St. Peter Damien, so he kind of says, I want you to become a, a bishop cardinal. And he, res he resists, he resists, he resists, but eventually he consents, he becomes the bishop cardinal of Ostia. And, uh, you know, he enters into this whole realm of ecclesiastical corruption that he doesn't want to really be in, but he's got he's to handle it, Okay. Um, so he starts writing treatises. He starts. He's he's a papal legate to go and to like make uh, judicial decisions about discipline. Uh, he's in conflict with kings. Uh, he's in conflict with bishops. He's got to defrock priests. He's got to. Uh, there's a few things that were going on. Simony it was called the sin of simony was very prevalent, meaning that people were buying church positions. It was a very powerful family. And you wanted your son to be a bishop because he could have a lot of power and influence. So you just paid the right people and you got him into, into the right position. And then the guy proceeded to live like a secular prince and not like a clergyman. Uh, and he'd have a concubine on the side and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so Peter, uh, St. Peter Damien had to deal with all this kind of stuff. And it was, you know, your and the people, the laity, weren't necessarily like in favor of these reforms. So it wasn't like it was the people who were on, side of the, on the side of the good priests and the, it was really the good priests against the bad priests. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was pretty much a few priests against everybody and everybody resented them. Everybody hated the fact that they were trying to bring order and restore the church to its ancient purity. And so, you know, I like the epitaph of Pope uh, Gregory Seventh. He dies in exile uh, because of all the reform efforts that were successful, but at, it was at the, really the cost of his peace, certainly, his reputation, definitely, uh, and his almost his sanity. He dies in exile. A king had exiled him, and he died in obscurity. And in his epitaph of his grave, he says, uh, I have, I have uh, loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and therefore I die in exile. <laughs> so, uh, you know, here you have these men who... Um, I think, as we see in the in the gospel, uh, they did not choose 
to um, you know be in these positions of authority, but God placed them there, and they were the right guys at the right time. And uh, but they they had conducted themselves with great humility. And as we see in our first reading, you know, our first reading is very powerful. If we listen to Syrac, um, when you come to serve the Lord, uh, prepare yourself for trials. These guys would have much preferred, especially St. Peter Damien, he wanted to be a monk, he wanted to be a recluse. Um, but get ready, buddy, you want to serve God, so prepare yourself for trials. It's not about your will. Um, it says, be undisturbed in time of adversity. Uh, accept whatever befalls you. Uh, when sorrowful, be steadfast. In crushing misfortune, be patient. Uh, you know, when everybody uh, hates your guts and no one appreciates what you're... The, benefits that you're trying to bring <laughs> to them it's a it's a tough lot so these guys were very very uh, heroic and saint peter damien stands out um, certainly as as one such saint so we celebrate him we look to him as a great example and a great inspiration uh, to not give way to any kind of laxity or compromise or corruption even if it's very widespread you know we can really easily lull ourselves into sleep so that everybody does this it's, it's just totally accepted. What's wrong with it? Not a big deal. And so your conscience can become dulled because of a uh, widespread um, behavior that's not right, but that it's, it's popular. So it's a, these guys are a great example um, to, to, uh, for us that we should lay hold of that which is true, that which we know to be right, even though it's not popular. And we cling to it and we fight for it uh, even in the face of great trial and opposition. Um, and thereby we're, we're tested as the gold in the fire, as Syrac says, and we come out um, uh, holier for it and closer to God.